take away from Caleb Williams' talent. Caleb Williams' talent is up here, okay? I got questions about Caleb Williams, the person, and I got questions about what the hell happened to him the second half of the season mm-hmm. that he fell off. And, and I said it to Piper yesterday, and he agreed with me. I said, until you find out why, and I must have said this a thousand times the last month and a half, until you get an acceptable answer for why, then you got a question making that selection. And I don't care everybody says he's a generational quarterback. He's not a generational quarterback until he proves he's a generational quarterback. it short Foreman with the catch Foreman to the end zone for the touchdown Warriors long pass of the day is 15 yards and it's intercepted picked off by Jalen Johnson Johnson untouched for the touchdown Well, my partner in crime's not here yet, so I'll go ahead and open up the show. Um, how you guys doing tonight, Bears fans? Jeff is actually having some technical difficulties. I don't know if he disappeared or what happened to him. Um, but he's over in Vegas enjoying uh, a bachelor party for our cousin. Um, I was not able to go, but here he is. Jeff's back. Um, but a lot talked about, or a lot to talk about tonight, guys. Obviously, tons and tons and tons of interviews today. Um, the Ryan Poles comments earlier in the week should be a really awesome episode. 90 minutes with you guys tonight or close to 90 minutes. Jeff, uh, is back on the screen. So Jeff, why don't you say hello to the folks and how's life in Vegas? Well, I wanted to open a show off by saying you guys viva Las Vegas. I don't know if you can see in my background here. There are Caesars back there. And I don't know if he's, lying or if he's far behind or you there, Josh? Yeah, it's pretty far, but. Any case, um, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm I'm back, obviously. Now I'm here for a my our cousin's bachelor party. So uh, I haven't been paying like super close attention to what's been going on the past couple of days of the combine, obviously because of what's going on here. But I did see the the Ryan Poles interview right off the bat early on, and I have been kind of paying a little bit of close attention where I can. So I'll, I'll I just wanted to preface to show off with that today, guys. Let you know that. Uh, I do have, um, I have not had a chance to see most of the interviews and whatnot yet. So my opinions at this point will be based on limited knowledge. So I don't want to give too much of that, I guess I should say. So again, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Give us a like and a follow if you don't mind. Uh, all our, our tags are here on the screen, but at Barroom Network is the name of our channel. So feel free to uh, like and subscribe to all that and check us out, guys. We're on every Friday. So Anyways, uh, we got lots to talk about. Like Tim said, long episode tonight, and um, lots of sh- lots of stuff going on. I almost said lots of shit. Lots of stuff going on at the combine. 
So why don't you why don't you get us going here, Tim? Why don't you start us off with with some of this stuff? Well, let's let's go ahead and get started with the elephant in the room. Everybody wants to know about uh, Caleb Williams and the Caleb Williams interview. Um, was actually a really really long interview. Um, we're not going to be able to post the whole thing here, but Aldo's got a pretty good four minute clip here. Just some mashups from the interview. A lot of odd things that were said, in my personal opinion, some strange things we heard from this interview. Um, but we'll go ahead and play the clip and you guys make the decision for yourselves. I'd say uh, the player in person that they begin, a uh, person that cares for his teammates. Um, some of y'all may have seen, some of y'all may have not. Um, I try to take care of all my guys, uh, no matter if you've been fourth on the depth chart or you know, you're, the, you're the star player. Um, so I care for my teammates. And then the other part is I'm a, I'm a fierce competitor, as you may have seen after you know, some games. I mean... The Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven and ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that. Um, I don't compare myself to the other guys. Um, you know that's there or been there. Um, I think I'm my own player and. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to like to, you know, create history and, and rewrite history. Um, this is one of the seasons that it's, it's none like, you know, any other season that I've had, uh, to where I've been so close to being either neutral or, or, um, close to, you know, having a losing record. And so, um, it was tough for me. Um, like I said, I'm a competitor. I like to win. And so, you know, being that close to losing was, was difficult for me. But, um, you know, I had people in my corner to, to help me and, and, and figure out, you know, the, the energy and feeling that I, was, that I was feeling. I think it's important going into um, situations because there's nobody in, you know, in the first part of the draft that would be, you know, early in the draft. And I expect myself to go high, um, you know, to be a, 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 a 12 and whatever team or, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the teams are going to be, um, at least from the year before, um, it's kind of going to be, how I went into USC, uh, where they were four and eight and, and things like that. So just you know, just preparing for those moments. And I think last year was a was a perfect example for me. Um, I learned um, either you grow from something like that. And Lincoln sat me down um, after maybe our um, loss to Utah, I believe, and he sat me down and, and he said either you grow from something like this, or uh, you keep feeling this feeling and you know you'll stay where you are. It's the first time I'm hearing about my height and size. Um, you know. I'm around Aaron Rodgers size and and maybe weight too, uh, 215, uh, 220, and 6'162". For the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff, just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. Um, you know, not 32 teams can draft me. Um, there's only one of me, um, and so uh, the teams that I go to for my visit, um, you know, those teams will have the, the medical, and 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 that'll be it. I didn't feel the need to to go out and throw. Um, I played around 30 some games, I believe. Um, Go ahead and go watch real, real live ball of me and uh, see how I am as a competitor. They were awesome. Um, I spoke to, I spoke more about ball and things like that, uh, just because the interviews are so short. Um, so it was, it was more about them getting to know me, uh, getting to, getting to test my mental, what I know, uh, the base, you know, the base things of, of, of what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I like to, I like to think that when it's time to be surgical, you, you know, it's, it's time to be surgical. Um, you know, there's been many games where. 
uh, gets late in the game and, and I've and I've ran or scrambled and, and you know threw a crazy pass. That's that's been the artist, the magician. Um, and then and then you know there's been times where even you know when I hurt my hamstring and I couldn't run, um, I sat in the pocket the whole time. You know the rest of the game and, and, and delivered the ball. It's important to be in the pocket. It's part of the game. It's also important to be out of the pocket um, and just be you know just as good as you are in the pocket and out of pocket. It's not a thought in my mind. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm that I'm not going to be number one. Um, I think I put in all the all the hard work, um, all of the you know the time, effort, energy um, into into you know being that. Um, so you know I don't think of a plan B. That's that's kind of how I do things in my life. I don't think of a plan B. Stay on plan A, um, and then when things don't work out, find a way to make plan A work. So I've actually watched the interview a couple of different times. So Jeff, um, I'm going to let you start since you haven't really gotten to see much of the interview while it's fresh on your mind, go ahead and give us a couple of your thoughts from it. And then I'll go into mine. Okay. So first thing, as far as the, like the foregoing the throwing on the field and all that kind of, or throwing at the combine and all that, I understand that. I mean, I don't blame him for not throwing his, his resume is on the tape as far as whether he can play the game or not, whether he is, you know, a good enough player to be drafted in the top spot or not. Uh, to me, this whole thing, and I've been saying this, I've been knocking down the door for this for a while now. You guys know this, this whole process at the combine to me, for the most part with these teams, especially with the bears is to find out the person to get that interview with them, to learn more about him, how he ticks, read his body language, learn about his, his brain as, as far as the football is concerned as well, how, how he, how his brain works with football. And also just, you know, the person, the personality trait, you know, like whether or not he can be a team leader or whether his teammates are going to gravitate, gravitate towards him and, and follow him into battle. So to me, that that's all, we're not going to get that. I mean, that's going to be based on the team's private meetings and what they, what they see with that, whether or not it makes sense to them. Um, so as far as like, like I said, him, like throw, not throwing, that's not a big deal to me. The medical thing, Tim's probably got a different opinion than me on this. I didn't think that was a big deal either because he's going to give the medicals to the teams that meet with him in the top 30s, which the Bears are one of those. Um, they're going to be, I'm, I'm sure. So when they bring him in for his private visit, I'm sure they'll get all the medicals that they need for him there. But the one issue with that is it, it may delay their decision making a little bit. So um, we'll have to see what happens with that. I'm not 100% sure. But as far as the medical thing, again, that's not a big concern to me because they're going to likely get his medical evaluations when they bring him in for the top 30 visit. Also, last point I want to make about this interview with him. The one thing that kind of, and I don't want, this is just my speculation from the first time seeing it and reading his body language, just now watching it. When they were asking him about the Bears, both at the first part of the segment, the first part of the interview, and at the end after they asked him how his meeting went with them, he said the right things, but it just didn't come across to me with the way he was bringing it out and saying it, that it was that he was super enthusiastic about it, at least in my opinion. He does, he didn't seem like he was super excited about being there, which would kind of go along with some of the reports we've seen in the past of him maybe not wanting to play here, which is, you know, which would be unfortunate if he doesn't. If they want to go in that direction, he doesn't want to play here, then that's that would kind of suck, but. I don't know. We're going to see guys. We're going to see what they think about him when they, when they have these meetings, like they, well, like I said, you know, his, his resume is obviously the tape. So when you compare all those things and put them all together, we'll see what they feel about it. But I think, I feel like a decision is going to be 
we're going to start to see a decision made pretty quickly here because, you know, once this combine is over with and we see these top 30 visits, we're going to find out what happens with Justin and, and with the number one pick, I feel like. But go ahead with your rebuttal, Tim. So, like I said a few minutes ago, I, I've actually watched this about two and a half. Well, this was actually about the third time I've now watched it, um, at least this clip, because that I think Aldo basically gave you just all of the responses. Um, couple of things. This, to me, so I, I've today I've spent my day, most of my day, because I do a lot of driving on Fridays for work. Um, I spent most of my day watching and listening to these interviews um, from all the players in the combine. I've, I've listened to a lot of them. And I have never in my lifetime, or certainly not today, heard a more strange interview from a player. And the reason that I say that, number one, I, I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off what Jeff was just saying a minute ago when he was talking about the Bears, okay? He did give a lot of the right answers. He said the right things, just like the other day when he was talking about the Bears and how he loves deep dish pizza and he reveres Michael Jordan and Walter Payton and these things. Good answers, great answers. You know, that's what people in Chicago want to hear. You know, like you're you're, you're um, doting on, on the city of Chicago. That's what they want to hear because th that if they're going to draft you. They want to know that you are sold and bought in with the, with the Bears in Chicago. However, my initial reaction, and this is all just my opinion and my reactions, uh, has nothing, there's no reporting or anything like that here. This is just speculation on my part. I feel like every time he has asked a question about the Bears or from a Bears media member or something that involves the Bears in any way or the situation in any way, he answers it, but he's annoyed to hear it. That's just my first reaction. It, it's almost like he's just annoyed from hearing about the Bears and from hearing about the situation. I, if I had to guess, and this is just my opinion, and it goes along with everything that we've heard reported in the past, I don't – well, I shouldn't say reported. The speculation that we've heard in the past – I don't think he wants to be in Chicago. I really don't. I, I don't think there's any part of him that wants to be there with the exception of the fact that they are the number one pick and he wants to be the number one pick. Okay. Um, also, I thought it was a very odd response um, to, a, to, to two questions. Number one, the question that was asked about um, what's your plan B if you're not the number one overall pick? And he shut it down, like you saw, and it was just, well, I don't have another plan because I fully intend to be the number one pick. Um, nobody else, you know, I, I, this, I've worked hard for it, yada, yada, yada. I don't, I don't make plan Bs. I only have plan As. And what was very strange to me about it was afterwards, he said, when plan A doesn't work, I just stick with it until it works out. Well, let's, okay, so if plan A is to be the number one pick, and you're not the number one pick, you might stay with with it, but it's not going to change the fact that you weren't the number one pick. That plan A is now gone. It is now, you are in plan B now. Um, and, and all those on screen here makes a great point. Um, being number one to him is more important than being a bear. And I 100,000% agree with that. Oh, that's, I'm sure that's the case. I 100% agree with that. That's true. That's, let me that's true for most players. Quick. Let me say one thing real quick as far as him saying – I don't have a problem with him saying he doesn't have a backup plan because that just shows that he's confident in the fact that he's the best player in the draft. And 
to me, that's that's fine. I feel like that's a good mindset to have. The one problem that I have is if it, and this is, again, this is all speculation. If he does not want to be in Chicago, if he doesn't want to be in Chicago, that is kind of concerning. Whether or not he wants to go number, whether or not he thinks he's the number one pick or not. If he wants somebody else to move to get him over Chicago, that's a little concerning to me. I mean, I mean, obviously, if, you know, the Bears are still going to take him, then they don't think that's a concern. So, again, guys, we're going to see. We're going to see what kind of what happens with the rest of this combine, what 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 kind of more smoke comes out with this. But I didn't really think that that was such a big deal, him saying that he didn't have a backup plan. Because, I mean, he, he probably is going to be the first pick, and he probably is deserving of being the first pick, dependent upon how his, his football character is viewed and, and whatnot, depending on these other teams. Again, like I said, you know, it's all going to come together. So if the Bears don't see him as their guy in that mindset, they won't take him. Well, I certainly don't have an issue with him uh, believing that he is going to be the number one pick. I just thought the response that not having a plan B was really strange. You know, to me, like the way he responded with it when he said, I won't have a plan B, I'm just going to stick with plan A until it works out. Well, that's not going to be the case. That doesn't necessarily, or I'm not saying it's not going to be the case, but what if that isn't the case, then that's going to change things. And I also think it's awfully strange. I shouldn't say strange. When he talks about the bears, you can see in his face, like I said earlier, I feel like he's annoyed. And then when he was asked about Washington, you see his face light up. He clearly likes the idea about going back home and he meant, and he even says so um, and how much it would, how cool it'd be to play there and be there um, going back home with all your, with all your family, friends um, have a reunion, all of those different things. He, I, to me, he clearly want, he's I'm, I'm going to bet. I shouldn't, I shouldn't bet. I, I would not be surprised one bit. If when he was in his meeting with Washington, he was like, hey, you guys need to trade up for number one so you can draft me. Or you guys need to do something to sabotage the Bears from wanting to take me number one. So, well, no, that's not true. He wants to go number one. But I would say definitely he's trying to push for them um, to draft him number one. But I was also really confused. I shouldn't say confused. I thought it was definitely strange. The, The most strange response I heard in the whole thing And if you guys have been on Twitter at all and you follow Greg Gabriel, he's been on the train of this all day long. When asked about the medicals, Caleb Williams, and and this came from Greg, I'm just paraphrasing because I I don't remember the exact words on his tweets, but there were several. Caleb Williams is the first player since the history of the Combine, which started in 1985, to decline the medical exam. That is strange, very strange to me. And there's, I, I look at this in two ways. Number one, he either has something he's hiding and doesn't want anybody to know necessarily, or he only wants certain doctors the access to that to tell the team, or certain teams the access to it so that he, his doctor or whoever did the exam can give their response. Um, or number two, he's just trying to basically control the narrative of the entire thing. And this is what I'm, this is leading me to believe, and it goes along with what what we've heard in the past. I just feel like he's an incredibly entitled individual, just from the, the how he spoke and what I viewed. Again, this is all my opinion, guys. This is just me speculating. From what I heard from him in, in his interview, and I don't have a pro- 
let me preface it really quickly. I don't personally have a problem with Caleb Williams. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think that he's a bad player. There are none of these things like that coming from me. I'm just speaking from what I'm viewing, what I'm seeing. And to, to kind of backtrack a little bit when, yes, I want to see the Bears stick with fields. Okay. And I've made that well known for a long time, but I also watch interviews from the other quarterbacks and I don't feel the same way about the other quarterbacks. And if, for whatever reason, the Bears, if they decided to draft number one and it wasn't Caleb Williams and they did take another quarterback, I would not be upset because obviously I feel like Ryan Poles knows what he's doing and he's making the right decision. Everything that I'm saying right now is just me speaking from what I've heard and seen from Caleb specifically. And these are my thoughts on that situation, not because I don't want him to be the Bears quarterback. Because if they do draft him, I'm going to support the Bears, regardless. Okay. Now, back to my point. You can certainly tell, at least in my opinion, that he is an entitled individual. How he spoke in his interview, how he's refusing to give out the medical, unless it's a team that... So, basically, what he's saying is, it doesn't matter who gets my medical, because I'm going number one. So the only teams that need to see my medicals are the teams that are going to draft me number one overall, whether it's Chicago or somebody that trades up for that spot. Okay. But to me, what, why, why does it matter? Unless you're hiding something, why do you need to keep your medicals from all the other teams? To me, excuse me, you never know what could happen on draft day. You don't know. You could fall. Another team could trade up. You have no idea. So to dis, to basically keep out, <laughs> excuse me, to keep out teams from your medical, you know, you may not believe the bottom 20 teams or so are even in the running to draft you, but you do not know what could happen. You could fall. Like I said, a team from the bottom could trade up and pick you up. Who knows? The Bears could trade down that far. If they get a massive haul, who knows what they're willing to do. So to me, a team may not necessarily bring you in for an interview, and they could still draft you. It happens all the time. Last year, and even in Ryan Poles' time in Chicago, there are plenty of players that he didn't even have an interview with that he drafted or signed. It's happened a lot, several times. So just because... A team does not interview you or meet with you does not mean they're not going to draft you. So for you to keep the medicals out, it's really strange with me. Okay. And Viso Joe's putting a comment on her. It's simple, Tim, whoever gives him a visit can do a physical. So what's the problem? I, I don't disagree. They absolutely can. I just think it's really odd that he's trying to control a narrative for a physical or for a medical exam. Why? I guess my point is you're hundred percent right. Viso Joe, I agree. It's it's not a big deal to me. It's, it's not a problem, I should say. I just find it odd. Why? What is the reasoning for that? Why does he need to keep the medical from the other teams? You, do you okay, understand what I'm saying? Let me, it's, it's let, me, let, me, let me make my point here. Let just, and this is just my personal opinion and speculation on this. Because in my opinion, it could only hurt him to give out all his medical right now. And again, this is all speculation. I'm going to throw out a hypothetical here. Okay. Let's say... Okay, he's going to meet with several teams, right? Okay, at the top of the draft. 
let's say hypothetical situation, a couple of his teams, they find something in the medical that shakes them a little bit and scares them and they decide not to take him. Well, maybe then another team later on sees that he's available to go get a team that maybe didn't get his medicals. And so does not have that concern. They jump up and take him. So my point is that maybe it only can, again, that's just the hypothetical. My point is it really can only hurt him by doing the medical with everyone, because if there is something there, then every team's going to see it. So if, but if, you know, if he only goes in and does the medical with the teams that have a possibility to draft him, which again, to me is not that big a deal because they're still going to get the medical. It is a little odd. I agree that he decided to opt out when no one else ever has, but there's obviously there, maybe there is a reason for it underneath it all that we don't know. But at the same time, it's like, again, like I said, I feel like it can only hurt him. So why, why would you, if you don't need to? So I don't know. I don't have a huge opinion on that front. I just think it's, one of those things where, like I said, I feel like it could only hurt him. So I don't see why, I mean, you would really need to, because the teams that are going to meet with you are going to get it. So uh, I will mention real quick to you guys that I'm not able to see any of your comments, except for the ones that are on the screen, because I'm doing this from my phone right now. But I did see a comment earlier um, that someone mentioned uh, that Caleb just is not a fit for the town, for the city of Chicago. And you know what? The more I see from the guy the more i hear about things i do question that i do have legitimate questions of whether he can be a fit in the city of chicago you guys and you and i all know that as soon as he gets in in, a, in front of a podium in front of the chicago media they're going to annihilate him they're going to come after him at every single juncture of his career both good and bad they're going to they're going to come after him both you know with praise and with and undoubtedly with every single thing he does wrong, every bad moment, they're going to come at him hard with that too. So my point is with all this speculation and scrutiny with the fact that you really have to have a certain kind of ability to handle adversity, to play in the city. In my opinion, there are a little bit of question marks with that to me. Like I said, in the interview from what I just saw, and again, I haven't seen the whole thing, but the parts that I just saw, it seemed to me like he didn't have a ton of, in his body language anyways, a ton of enthusiasm in playing for the Bears. And I don't think it's any secret that he wouldn't want to play in his hometown in Washington. I mean, who wouldn't really? But in my opinion also, they've made some moves to where Washington has, to where they have a legitimate shot to maybe potentially go and get the kid. And maybe they're going to make a big offer to go and get him from the Bears or go and get the pick from the Bears. So who knows? If they fall in love with him and the Bears don't, maybe the Bears are willing to move that pick. And if he's acting like this and the Bears are looking at it that way and saying, man, I don't like this, maybe that's what happens. But I'm not going to speak for the Bears because I don't know. I haven't had a private meeting with them. So maybe they maybe they think that he can have that kind of leadership. His teammates, the ones that I've seen anyways that have given interviews, have said pretty good things about him. So I'm, you know, I don't have a ton of concern about whether his teammates like him or not. But again, we're talking about Chicago here, guys. This is a different city to play in, like you guys are saying. And whether he's a fit here, I don't know. Can he have success somewhere else? Probably. Could he have success here? I don't know. Maybe. It just depends. I mean, so I don't I don't know, guys. This whole thing is going to get really, really interesting here in the next couple of weeks. I really want to – I'm interested to see where this goes. If they don't trade Justin soon and this thing goes up until, like, the draft, it's going to get really, really – we're going to hear a lot of hearsay all over the place. So it's going to be a lot of – a lot of interesting stuff to see. So, yeah. Um, as far as, like I said, though, guys, I can't see in your comments. So, 
you guys have anything that gets popped up that's that's important that you want to mention either put it on the screen or say something tim and i'll i'll make a comment on it especially if it's in response to one of my one of my comments i make so really quickly there there's a you you can't see it jeff like you said but there's there's a lot of comments in here um about the situation and and you know there's some things that um I'm being called negative and that's fair. Um, but the, the I'm going to go ahead and respond quickly and just say this. So first, I'm not trying to sound negative when it comes to Caleb Williams. I'm not. What I'm doing right now is I'm just pointing out the way that I see things because here, here's what I, the way I look at it. The Chicago media and most media, well, I shouldn't say most media. I'd say it's Chicago media. Most media outlets and, and most um, former players, coaches, things like that are all in support of the Bears sticking with Justin and trading that pick for a haul. Because in the long run, unless Caleb Williams turns out to be Patrick Mahomes, which is up for debate for most people, a lot of people believe that um, he, he doesn't have, he's not that player. And it's unfair to assume that he's going to be that player. And the Bears honestly have not had success making a quarterback like that. So what their thought process is, you can certainly build your team as a whole much better if you were to trade that pick and get a bigger haul than you would trading Justin Fields and maybe getting a second round pick. Hey, let me interrupt you real quick. And Aldo, can you post that comment back up? Because I want to read that off. I have a question about this. So Kevin says, them not giving Justin permission to seek a trade tells me they still don't know what they're doing. Now, my question about that is, are they not giving, Have they, has he tried to seek permission for a trade and they're not giving it to him? Or has it just not been reported that they're allowing him to seek a trade? Because that, that could be a different story, whether he's seeking a trade or not, or whether they're talking to other teams are two totally different things. So I'm not going to say one way or another. They, I'm, I'm, I know they're getting talked to from other teams about him. There's been other teams that have, inquired about him i can tell you that for a fact but i don't know how far any of these conversations have gone in his interview he gave he said none of them have gone very far including uh talks about the first pick none of them have gotten serious so um there's still to me there's still a lot more to go here things are going to really start ramping up here very very quickly i mean especially right now in the middle of the combine so like i said guys i haven't seen all the interviews so i can't really respond a ton about all these other players who are who have talked and stuff but just from what I've seen, I didn't have a ton of issues with with what he said and did or and what the things he held out with in the combine. The one concern I had with his with Caleb's interview was I in his body language to me, and this is just my opinion, he did not seem super enthusiastic about the prospect of playing in Chicago. So just to finish my what I was saying, and I'm not being a hater either, John. I'm just speaking the truth. I I don't have a problem with the kid. If the if the Bears drafted him, I would I'd support him. Like I've been saying since day one. I just felt like personally in his body language, he did not seem super enthusiastic about the Bears. I mean, if you feel that way, I don't see how you could, but that's your opinion and that's fine. But I didn't see that. Just so and I'm gonna go ahead and, and continue that. Like I don't we're not trying to be hateful or negative towards Caleb Williams. What the pro this is what I'm getting at. The media is pushing this narrative that it's Caleb or nothing. And it's the bears are drafting Caleb Williams. It's a foregone conclusion. You guys can forget it. They're not keeping Justin, yada, yada, yada. For one, we don't know that Ryan Poles has does. He does not give out information. You don't know what he's going to do. 
And the reason that people are thinking that we're hateful and negative is because we're not agreeing necessarily with that narrative that's being pushed out by the media. We are just speaking on what we're seeing, what our opinions of the situation are. And yeah, people may not like that. So automatically, a lot of people assume that we're hateful and negative. But in reality, we're just pointing out the facts, guys, or, or the way we see no, things. To be fair, I feel like you have more issues with what's going on with it than I do. But I do, yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have a little bit of concern, guys, with some certain things. It doesn't mean that I'd be like losing my mind if the Bears drafted him, and I'm not going to hate on him if they do. I just and like you, I said, I, I don't. That. I do have some concerns about him, mm -hmm. about like his ability to play in Chicago and weather the storm. Quote, I guess, is a good way to put it. So. That's my that's my really my one big concern of whether he has that ability for his teammates to jump on his back and and carry him and because they want to play for him they really want to play for this guy I don't know that I really don't but like I said from the interviews I've seen with some of his teammates they seem like they like to play with him and like they they believe in him so I can't speculate and say that he can't be that guy but the Bears will be able to tell you that whether or not they draft him if they do then you have your answer and to be fair to piggyback off what Jeff said guys. There's concerns about Justin, too. It's not Absolutely. like we're not concerned about Caleb. It's not just Caleb Williams, guys. There's concerns about Justin, obviously. So just to be fair, guys, it's we're, we're I'm not saying that I think that, you know, Justin is this perfect quarterback and that we have to stick with Justin. I'm just saying that I think that would be the best option for the team in the long run because there will be other quarterbacks that come out. And if you put yourself in a position for success, then you can build off of that. You got to, I, I like the approach that Philly took. I like the approach that Kansas city took and how they built the roster first and then inserted the quarterback. And Mr. Mayhem puts a good comment on the screen here. Justin Fields had three years of horrible coaching and that's not fair to him. A hundred percent. How can you, to me, how can you fully evaluate Justin with what he had? Okay. Now, and the reason I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this quickly, and then we'll, we can move on to the next point here shortly. But to me, I feel like you truly have to give Justin Fields a chance to work with Shane Waldron. See what Shane Waldron can do with Justin first. And if then we see that Justin can't do it, then you move on. And, you know, people say generational when it comes to Caleb Williams. I, I, I've heard a lot of people say that they don't see that. Okay, he's not necessarily a generation prospect. He could be. He very well could be. There's a, you know, there, you can make the argument for a few. I like the other quarterbacks in this draft as well, and there's always good quarterbacks that come out of the draft. Almost every year, there's somebody who has the potential similar. Okay, but the reason I say this is because look what Shane Waldron was able to do with Geno Smith. Okay, he was able to turn his career around. And if you can't, you can't tell me for one minute that that Shane Waldron can't unlock some of that in Justin Fields as well. Okay, Justin Fields is a much, much, much more skilled player than Geno Smith is. All right. My other thing is, if you draft Caleb Williams, you can pretty much guarantee the Bears aren't winning anything this year. Okay, it would be a stretch to make the playoffs. There's a lot that goes into a rookie having to learn how to play in the first year. It's That's just how it works in the NFL. And everybody's going to bring up Houston this year and C.J. Stroud. That is an extreme rarity where we see a player in his rookie year take a team to a postseason. 
When is the last time we saw that? RG3. I'm pretty certain is the last time we saw a rookie quarterback lead his team to playoffs. And Washington was already a very good team. If you guys don't remember, they actually traded up to get the number two overall pick that year to draft RG3. So, and obviously the Bears are in a pretty good situation right now. But if you draft a quarterback, you don't even have a second round pick right now. You'd have to trade down probably at number nine to pick up some extra picks. My stance in this is you have an opportunity to have a better team this year if you stick with fields than you would if you draft a quarterback. Now, I will tell you guys right now, I do think the Bears are going to draft a quarterback. I don't think it's going to be number one overall. That's just my opinion. And that I'm not saying that in a hateful manner. I'm just saying that is what I think is going to happen. That is my opinion. I think they're going to trade down at number one pick up some picks, pick up some extra picks, maybe capital, maybe player, okay? Use those picks to pick up more players. This is a very, very good draft, very deep draft. Wide receivers deep, tackles deep. Early in the draft, it's there's a lot of good pass rushers that later in the draft's not so good for edge. But it's very deep, and there's a ton of talent all the way to the seventh round, guys. This is a very good draft. This is a good draft to have a lot of picks, Okay. And I can promise you right now, Ryan Poles will move down at some point in this draft and acquire more picks. That's his MO. He doesn't trade up very often unless there's a player he really covets and he has to go up to get them. All like right. Tyreek Stevenson. Like Tyler or Tyreek Stevenson. Exactly. Okay. So my point being here, guys, I, I guess it's more of I'm defending us as far as being negative and hateful towards the kid. Guys, I don't hate Caleb Williams. And like Jeff and I have said multiple times, we're just bringing up things that we see to try to, to give a different perspective and a different light to the situation because obviously the media is pushing for this Caleb Williams narrative. But at the same time, if they draft Caleb Williams and they truly believe that he is the guy and all of the character stuff checks out with the Bears, which obviously will be a thing, if they draft him, they truly like his character. I will be fully supportive and I will, and I will be one of the first people to buy a Caleb Williams Jersey because that's going to be our quarterback now. And I am a bears fan and a Bears supporter, not a player support. I love Justin Fields. I do. And I will watch him wherever he goes. And I can almost guarantee you that he is going to have success. If he goes somewhere else, I truly feel that way. And I really feel like Justin will have a ton of success this year. If he stays in Chicago, because I feel like, he will be unlocked by Shane Waldron. You guys, he, he had Matt Nagy his first year, and he had Luke Getze the next two. Neither of those guys has has development skills with a quarterback. You can maybe say that with, with um, Nagy when he was with Patrick Mahomes, but let's face reality, that's Andy Reid, and that situation was much better than the situation that Justin walked into in Chicago. So... I know I had a long rant there and we've been very long winded on this topic. So we're going to move on here shortly. Jeff, is there anything else that you want to say to this before we move on? No, just that the, the only, the only thing I would say is that really the only reason we're even having this argument right now is because I feel like there is a certain section of the bears fan base that thinks this is a foregone conclusion and nothing that could happen in the next you know, several days at the combine and the next, you know, in the next few weeks an evaluation can change or even in the last few months that they've had evaluation can change the decision on what they're going to do at number one, that they know they're going to take a certain guy. And all I've been arguing for the past 
you know, several episodes now is that the meetings with these players are absolutely vital to the decision-making to this regime. And they've shown that time and time again, they put Darnell Wright through like the most intense workout of his life last year before they drafted him. And I don't think they would have taken him unless he passed it the way they wanted him to. So my point is, is this stuff is all going to come together. They're, they're going to, they're going to get a determination on who they like based on both the tape and their meetings with these players, okay? And it's all going to come together. They're going to read the body language. They're going to listen to what these guys have to say. And they're going to like certain guys based on a variety of different things. So, my, like I said, my whole point in this is I don't believe it's a foregone conclusion they're going to take one guy or another. They're going to take Caleb, and, they're, and it's, that's just all there is to it. I think that there is still – there is still a thought process to be had here. You got to still meet with these guys and talk to them more. They haven't even had their top 30 visit with them yet, which they still will. And the other quarterbacks and some of the other players. So once those things happen, and again, like I was telling you guys a couple weeks ago, this right now at the combine is when we're starting to hear more and more stuff, more and more smoke. And there was some smoke about the potential of Justin being traded, but there hasn't been any, like polls mentioned right away in his press conference that he hasn't had any serious conversations yet. So, and in my opinion, he's really kind of towed this line of what he's going to do pretty well. So I don't really think he's, he's really given anything away. There was a comment um, in the initial, in the initial interview that he made and some people have speculated about, and this will be my last point on the whole thing. Um, somebody had asked polls, what if, I believe it was Courtney Cronin asked him, what if you do in fact trade Justin? And like, there was a, I can't remember the exact question about it, but it was a scenario, a what if scenario, if you were to trade him. And when he responded to it, polls, he said something along the lines of, if we, like, when we do this, we would do right by Justin. And in my opinion, a lot of people took that as like, well, it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to trade him because he said when, and it slipped. I don't necessarily agree with that just because he was asked. It was like a hypothetical to me. If this were to happen, what would you do kind of thing? And he was like, well, when we did, when we do that, we would do right by him. So I don't necessarily think that was a slip. It could have been, but I just don't think it necessarily was. I don't think he's really given anything away. So we'll, 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 like I said, we'll see. We got more time to go here. We're going to get more reports. I haven't been like, I, like I told you guys, I haven't been just tuned in in the last couple of days. So I don't know exactly what the most recent smoke is regarding Justin and with this first pick, but I just know, like I said, guys, in my opinion, I shouldn't say I know, but in my opinion, I feel like, you know, this whole thing is going to come together based on both the person, the tape, the football character, all that's going to come together. They got to meet with these guys and find out what they like and what they don't like. So one, we're going to kind of keep, keep into this conversation just a little bit. Um, we have a clip here from Mike Florio. Um, Last Friday, you guys heard us play the Mike Florio comment, how he felt like the Bears were going to um, stick with Justin and trade down those pit or trade that pick down and pick up more capital. Um, and yesterday, he was on CHGO and basically had a totally different um, reaction on there when talking about the situation. So, all those got this clip. Let's go ahead and play it and then uh, talk about it after. I think. They've been hoping that the phone will ring, and it hasn't, at least not the way that they had hoped. The comments this week from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, I think were calculated to just, just stick it to him enough to get him to ask for a trade. Instead of him saying, I just want to know what the answer is. 
at some point that becomes, I want you to trade me. Because then if they trade him out from under a trade request and they don't get much for him, they don't look as bad. Whereas if they just don't get much for him and he didn't ask to be traded, they look like they blew it. I don't think it was an accident that on the other side of that curtain two days ago, Poles and Eberflus were kind of taking some shots indirectly when they talk about what they want in a quarterback. That's not what their guy currently has. Real quick, before you say anything, I do want to make a comment about that because I did, I did, uh, it kind of struck a chord with me of the things that Flus was saying because like Tim was saying earlier, guys, there are certainly criticisms of Justin Fields. And I've been open and admitted some of this to you guys in the past. What my criticisms of him are is what a lot of people have said. I, I do have some issue with the way he performs in crunch time in the fourth quarter in a two-minute situation. It's not always cake and ice cream. And a lot of times it's not very good at all. And that being said, I don't think it's a disaster. I, I think a lot of it had to do with a lot of the play calling that was going on. And I've referenced time and time again the week two loss to Tampa and how horrible that play calling was in the fourth quarter. But there's been plenty of other games that they lost when they basically took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter when they had a chance to win and the play calling wasn't very good. So, again, I mean, it, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But Justin certainly needs to be better in those situations. And Iberflus mentioned the kind of quarterback they look for is a guy who's good in that two-minute situation, a guy who can play in that fourth quarter in the crunch time and, you know, be that guy. So one, that was one of the comments he made, and I thought that was that was a little eye-opening to me because if, you know, if that is a little bit of a – if there is a chance that there was a little bit of a, a – um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. If they were going to give that away at all, what they were doing, that was kind of it right there. Like if there was a criticism enough to say, hey, this is – you know, if there's their direction we're going, that was probably it. But I, I don't necessarily see that because Flus time and time again has also jumped on the bandwagon for Justin and how much he likes the kid and appreciates him and and how, you know, the things he can do on the field and how they're different from others and how he can do things that other players can't. I mean, look no further than, Atlanta, than the Atlanta game when he avoided that sack, at, you know, that like literally no other player could possibly avoid. It was just insane. So there are things he can do. As a football player, I mean, and even Paul's mentioned in the press conference, he throws a beautiful deep ball. So it's not like he's a bad passer either. There's a lot of good things to like in the passing game, but certainly there are some things that he needs to improve upon, like the anticipation, you know, maybe get through his reads a little bit faster, seeing the field a little bit better. But in my opinion, as I've told you guys time and time again, Justin has improved in that area dramatically. I mean, I felt like his growth in the second half last year was exponential. I feel like, And I feel like a lot of that was just sitting back and watching somebody else do the job for a little bit and seeing seeing it from somebody else's eyes maybe and maybe not just you know being right in the line of fire. I feel like that helped him, and I feel like it kind of gave him a chance to watch. And, I mean, obviously it worked for Mahomes watching Alex Smith for a whole year. It worked out really well for me. It's worked out for Jordan Love watching Aaron Rodgers for three years. Now look what he's doing. To me, that you know that, that's not a coincidence. When these guys get a chance to sit back and watch them, I mean, I don't want to compare that because it's not the exact same situation with Ju with Justin watching Tyson Bajan, okay, who's an undrafted Division II player. That's not nearly the same thing. But that, like I said, it, to me, it does give him a chance to sit back and watch and get a different perspective, and I think it did help him. And he did, in my opinion, show some exponential growth at the end of the year. But obviously, there are still concerns some serious red flags in my opinion to where if they did move on, you could see why, because that's, that is some concerning stuff, but there's also a lot about Justin that leads you to believe that he could put this all together. 
because he does have that drive. He does have that work ethic. He does have the ability to handle the adversity in Chicago. You know, he, he has all that stuff. So whether or not we believe the coaching staff can here can get that out of him, we're going to have different opinions on that throughout the fan base. But the fact of the matter is, Justin has been like exactly what you would want in a Chicago bear. As far as like the football kid, the, the character, the person now, has it all come on the field to fruition the way we wanted it to No, But I mean, he's done, he's been exactly what you would want in a Chicago bear as far as like the person. Okay. And the resiliency that he showed. So if, we, if, if you think you can get more out of him and you can get him to do, get you to win super bowls with him, then you stick with them. But again, this is such a unique situation, guys. And the guy at the top of the draft is someone that a lot of people have used that term generational with. But again, I keep saying this, it's going to come down to both that evaluation of the tape and the person, the person they meet with, whether they feel like that is what they want and it's going to fit what they're trying to do. So, you know, I'm excited to see what happens, guys. I, you know, if they stick with Justin, I'll be happy because I love the kid. And it means they move down and they probably, you know, were able to build the team a little bit faster that way than they would if they didn't move down and, and accrue more capital that way. But if they do draft Caleb, I'll be excited because, I mean, the tape doesn't lie, guys. He's done a lot of exciting things on film. I mean, there's no there's no denying that. So, but again, I, I just feel like this person thing is a big part of it. And I do agree with one of the commenters earlier that there is some concern to me about whether or not he's a fit in Chicago. I think he can be a great player, whether it's in Chicago or not. I don't know. I mean, I like I said, if he comes here, I'm going to support him and hope that he can get through that because a lot of players do evolve and mature throughout their careers and they do, you know, grow more. And so I don't want to say that he can't be something because he's shown that he can be he can be something. All right. It's just a matter of whether he can do it in the NFL at a high level. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited to see what happens, but it's, it's definitely going to really start getting interesting here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm there's actually a little bit of a, a war going on in the chat right now. Aldo is having an argument with Leonidas right now as we speak. And Aldo made a fantastic point a minute ago. Tell me about this whole argument because I can't see any of it. So give me the I'm getting, ready to read, I'm getting ready to read it for you. So Aldo basically said, I don't know if you could pull this up on the screen for me, Aldo, but he said that a good quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator can um here it is right here. A good OC and quarterback coach can expedite development with clever play calling. That's an excellent point because what we saw with CJ Stroud, for instance, he had an OC and a head coach that were willing to play to his strengths and do what it took to help him develop quickly. Okay. Well, there they were. So here's the thing about Stroud too. That's pretty interesting is he, the things that he wasn't doing a lot of the stuff at Ohio State that they were asking him to do in Houston, and he was doing it at such a high level, I don't think anybody could anticipate it because he'd never done it before. So that's one thing that's intriguing about these quarterbacks, guys, is when you bring them into the system, it's whether or not they can do things that they've never done before. So it's whether or not you think you can get them to do that. It plays a big part in whether or not you're going to take them. So I do like that point. If you're a clever enough play caller to where you can kind of help them to have success with what you're doing with the other 10 guys on the field, which is what a good play caller should be doing. It helps out a lot. And I feel like Justin was kind of to lack for lack of better words, screwed over in that case a little bit. So now Leonidas makes the point that CJ Stroud as the individual talent to play has nothing to do with coaching. We put way too much into coaching. Now I don't get me wrong. Leonidas CJ Stroud is a hell of a player. What he has done, 
you you cannot say has it, it's like all on coaching or anything like that. But you can't also sit here and say that like there hasn't been good coaching around him and that the offense has not had a good play crawler behind it. I mean, Bobby Sloak was getting, you know, off uh, head coach interviews. So he's obviously doing something right over there, you know. And you can argue that it's because C.J. Stroud made him look good maybe. But there's NFL minds will tell you that Slowick is an impressive guy and he's done good things over there. So I agree with you. Stroud is something. He is something else, man. But he went number two. Not everybody saw him as that top guy, obviously. So he's shown things at the next level that not everybody anticipated him showing. So I'm like, that's why I said I'm excited to see these guys that come in from the draft and which ones are, are going to do the things that they weren't asked to do in college. It's going to be interesting to see. And I want to see what I do want to see what the Bears do in that direction because if they draft the quarterback, they are going to ask him to do things that they haven't done in college, most likely. So I, I guarantee they will. So it's going to be fun to see. But get, go back to that argument. I want to know more yeah, about so, it. So that was what Aldo had said. And Lee and I just came, he responded with, um, development as a buzzword used to excuse a player that lacks individual talent. Plenty of examples out there I in totally history where that. QBs have um, played good in year one. So are you implying that Justin Fields doesn't have talent? Because you're not, I will not agree with that at all. D Justin Fields is immensely talented. And, and that's just, the problem. And that's what we're talking about with the coaching. If there was better coaching there, what would we see from him? Unbelievable field of, or play on the field. Let me just Go say ahead, real Jeff. quick, too, you, it, it's not all apples to apples. Not every player is the same. Every play, you know, there are different situations and different scenarios with different players that developed later in their careers. There's plenty of players that did not start off real hot and ended up finishing their career strong. Peyton Manning had a terrible rookie year, absolutely horrifying rookie year. Look how he turned out. And there's been other top quarterbacks that were drafted early and didn't look so hot early on before they found success later on. Okay, so... It happens. And, you know, not everybody, it's not linear, okay? And there's, sure, there's been plenty of quarterbacks who have had success as rookies. But do they always go upwards? Not always. Sometimes they do, but not always. And, again, it's like, to me, I, I don't think you can say that that development is a buzzword for not being able to, not having enough talent to develop. I totally disagree with that. There's tons of really, really talented players that don't develop because they don't get good enough coaching or enough enough um, teaching, I guess, enough support from other people to get better. You absolutely need good coaching. There will be plenty of coaches or plenty of players who will tell you that I'm the player I am today because of my great coaching. Patrick Mahomes literally just said after the Super Bowl, I would not be the quarterback I am today if it wasn't for Andy Reid. So you can't just sit here and say that coaches do not play a part in a player's development because absolutely Andy Reid played a part in Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' development. Okay, it's not all on Patrick, but he and was. He also he also makes a point on here. Part of it. He also makes a point on here that everybody said the same thing about Mitchell Trubisky. I can tell you for certain right now, Jeff and I never said that Mitchell Trubisky I was had on the, the same phone type of talent. I was Never. on the phone with Tim the night Mitch was drafted, and I said, what the fuck are we doing right now? We yes. moved up, tra traded away extra first-round picks to get a guy that I didn't even like. I could not believe they took Mitch Trubisky. I did support him, though, because he was a bear. But I didn't think he was ever going to be any good, and he proved that. So, I mean, that was just my opinion on one player. But I'm not – now, that doesn't – that's kind of not here nor there. But the whole point is, guys, development is a part of this, okay? Coaches can develop guys. Now, there are players that, you know, whether you have a great coaching or not, they just aren't going to develop. That does happen. And Mitch is a good example of that, I feel like. 
because he has had, I don't know that he's had great coaching, but he was in Buffalo and they have pretty good coaching over there. Look what they did with Josh Allen. I mean, they've got good coaches on that staff. So, you know, to me, it, there, that is a part of it, but there are certainly guys that just aren't going to develop. It happens. Sure. Absolutely. But I, I just don't think you can say that it's an excuse for a guy who doesn't, that doesn't develop, that he didn't have talent because he wasn't coached right. I, that's, I don't agree with that. So there's two more things I, w- I want to point out really quickly, and then we're going to move on because we spent a lot of time on the quarterback. Okay. Um, there's a funny comment that Aldo made first. He said, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, can you put it on the screen? Here it is. Mitchell Trubisky is dumber than the ashes from my weed. I knew it when he was at North Carolina. I know it now. And I want to point it out really quickly because Jeff and I used to say it all the time, he's just not smart enough to play quarterback in the NFL. He, he's just not. And he, he couldn't do the things that Justin Fields he got, does. After- he, can't ex- he couldn't explain a play or a situation. He had no idea. Like he just was not cognitive enough to play the quarterback position at the NFL level. It wasn't that he didn't have some talent and ability. He didn't have it up here. And Jeff and I used to say this all the time. Go ahead really quick, Jeff, before I go to the I was just going to say, I felt like he, to me, when I watched him play, he looked like a deer in the headlights and he had happy feet all the time. You know, he did. He just, he looked like he didn't know what was going on. And when you see that going on with quarterbacks, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, the first few games of the year this year, I was seeing a little bit of that from Justin. It was super concerning. But later on in the season, as the season went on, I like I just told you guys, I felt like his growth in the last half of the season was exponential, and he looked much, much better. There are obviously still huge question marks, which is why if you do draft a quarterback, that's why you go in that direction. A lot of you guys are going to say that Poles wants to draft his guy. He very well may want to do that. In my opinion, um, a good GM doesn't just draft a guy because he's his guy. He goes with the guy he believes is the best option for his team, whether or not it's a guy he drafts or not. I don't know how Poles feels. So let me preface it with that. But I, so I don't know what he's going to do, but I just wanted to make my point known that I don't think he's the kind of guy that would decide not to go with Justin because he's not the guy he drafted. Because I've mentioned this before on a podcast too, that he might have loved fields in the evaluation when he did his evaluation, when he was coming out, but the chiefs already had Mahomes. They weren't looking for a quarterback. We don't know that it's possible. So in any case, uh, like like Tim said, I don't I did not want to drag this out for so long. I didn't think we were going to, but it looked like we did because there was some other stuff I wanted to talk about. But go ahead and finish off the topic with whatever you were going to say, Tim. I just had one more point really quickly. There was a comment on here I think Leonidas made about talent and Justin Fields and how he's not talented enough to play quarterback in the NFL. And I will quickly just respond one time and say, Name 10 quarterbacks in the NFL that have more arm talent than Justin Fields. You cannot name well, 10 quarterbacks. You can make the argument for arm, arm talent. talent. For pure arm, arm talent, talent, you can make that argument. But for as far as like talent in general, talent on the football field and whether you can mold that, I feel like he has enough arm talent to be a great player. I feel like he he's shown that he can make all the throws. You can argue that guys like C.J. Stroud can really layer throws in ways that like maybe Fields doesn't or hasn't, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a highly successful thrower of the football. We've seen him do it. He's thrown for 300 and some yards and four touchdowns in games of four. We've literally seen it. So it's there, and Poles talks about flashes. But again, we're in year three here, and you can make the argument that he hasn't had great coaching, but that is still a concern that we're in year three here, and, and he hasn't taken a huge jump. But again, I, I would still argue, though, guys, that a lot of that was because he has been so hindered in his development, both with the personnel around him and his coaching. So that's why I still believe he can be the guy. But again, like I've said, I'll support whatever happens. 
my my point is really quickly is that most of the issue about Justin has to do with him being slow to the reads and not seeing the field well and not pulling the trigger quickly enough. As far as pure physical talent and ability, he is 100% top 10 in this league. And if you can just develop those other things, he would be a top 10 quarterback period in the NFL. And that's why I say you have to give him a chance with Shane Waldron to see what he can do. All right. So yeah, I would, the only argument I was making with you is that you said arm talent. And yes. I think you can make an, an argument that there are 10 quarterbacks with better arm talent than him. But as far as like pure overall talent, ability to play the game, and like the fact that he has talent that you can mold to be very, very, very good. And maybe a top, maybe a top five quarterback. If you could put it all together, the talent is there to do that. It's just a matter of whether it can be developed. That is the argument. I feel like he does have enough talent to be that. It's just, again, is it too late? Has, has he has, has he hit his plateau or can he still grow? I feel like he can still grow, in my opinion. So let's go. I'm sorry for taking this so far or so long, guys. We did talk about this for a long time um, and we want to get to some other things, but Let's change let's change up the mood a little bit, okay? There was an interview in particular that I absolutely loved today. And if I didn't already love this guy before, which I did, I have I am totally sold and if I could just put a Bears jersey on him right now, I would, and that is Rome Adunze. Guys, I am a massive fan of him. He would fill a huge need on the Bears. 6-3-2, I believe 215-220. He's a massive X receiver. He's got speed. He's got ability. The guy literally is probably, in my opinion, the most complete wide receiver in this draft. And I am a huge fan of him. After seeing his interview today, the personality, the, the way that he plays the game, his overall character is incredible. Guys, we've got a, a little bit of a mashup clip here that all those put together. Uh, we're going to watch and you guys give your opinion on it as well. I think a successful career would be uh, ending in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I want to go at least at least 10 years. Um, that's probably probably about uh, hopefully what it'll take. But, um, you know, being 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 one of the best to ever play the game and ending up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I got to see Caleb firsthand. I got to see his talents and abilities. So, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, um, and I know that he, he has an incredible talent. And, you know, I know he's a student of the game and someone who, who brings a lot of passion and a lot of desire to the game. So, of course, you know, to be paired up with him, it, it, would, be, it would be something special, I think. Uh, a video game circuit, you know, test your cognitive ability, how fast your reaction skills is. You know, you got to go into the war zone. If you don't get top five, you're automatically cut. Me. Um, I just think, you know, my versatility uh, on, on the field, I think, you know, I've shown all the skills that, that can translate to the NFL at, at a high level um, in different facets of my game. And I think who I am as a person, who I will be to a locker room, who I'll be in a, in a community are all uh, A+. Plus. That's what it's about, you know, saying, saying, saying you're the best and, and going competing for it, right? Um, and, and I do feel that way. So, uh, of course, you know, it's a, it's a competition. But also, man, all these dudes are ballers. So um, I'm just super honored to be a part of the conversation and super grateful to 
to, to you know be able to compete against guys like that and um, and I'm fans of their game as well so you gotta uh, be be explosive gotta be twitchy in those sittings to, to create some you know separation keep the defense uh, defender on their toes so um, just you know not not doing the expected you know people say it's 50 50 for me it's 100 zero right and I feel like you know you have to go in with that mindset that, that as you and the ball you know um, that the defender is not even there that uh, you know if, if you go and elevate and, and go snag the ball then you'll ultimately come down with it class is deep and I think you know we'll, we'll, we'll storm into the league and you know have hopefully have a lot of success I feel like there's a lot of determined guys you know in the class and a lot of guys who um, I feel like this class we got a lot of height I feel like the league you know um, some some of the wide receivers in the league today are you know is moving towards those small guys who are quick who are in and out but I feel like this class has a bunch of you know six six foot two six foot three six foot whatever the hell Johnny Wilson is um, guys that are uh um, you know, big and athletic as well. So I feel like we, we, we're bringing in a, 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 a different different perspective to the league a little bit. A good bit. Definitely would like to play with him. He's a baller, especially last season with his yards after catch, his ability to make a big play. Uh, big fan of DJ. So I really quickly want to say, mention something that's not really football related on here quickly. He made a comment. They asked a lot of the um, pro, uh, the guys in the interviews if you could add one thing to the uh, to the combine process, what would it be? And he he had an awesome answer, I, and I'd never thought of before. And it was he mentioned a video game contest, and and it was the point of it would be to test your cognitive ability. And I loved that answer because it's not. Let's face it, all of these guys have physical talent, all of them. A lot of the thing that separates the great players from the bad or from the not so great players is that cognitive ability. How smart are you in the situation? How smart are you in the playbook? How how quickly can you make a decision? And I love that answer because that's not something you hear about a whole how often with with players. I like that he was immediately his first thought was let's let's test our brains. Let's not test our physical abilities. Let's test our brains and not not with a test that doesn't mean squat like the wonder leg. Who like who cares about what that? Well, let me just argue your point about that real quick, because in my opinion, I don't like any of these neurological tests that they do. Any of these. The wonder leg S2 test, all of I don't like any of it because I feel like it's shown time and time again to be incredibly inconsistent and does not have any kind of bearing on what's going to happen with that player. Uh, most, most of you already know, if you don't already, CJ Stroud scored very poorly on the S2 test last year. And obviously he does not have any kind of problem with seeing what's going on in the field. So in my opinion, there's a variety of reasons for why those tests are not a good indicator of anything. And a lot of it, in my opinion, a lot of those guys are probably nervous when they're taking that test or maybe just aren't good test takers. So that, you know, that has something to do with it, in my opinion. But also just like it's not that's not a linear thing to me. That's not a good in my opinion. It's just not an indicator of your intelligence level on the football field, whether you can score well on one of these tests, like even like a video game, you know, neurologic test that you're talking about here, cognitive test, whatever you want to call it. I just think that all that stuff is like. It's just a it's just a, a way to see maybe what you think a guy could be, but I don't think it has any bearing on anything and has shown, like I said, time and time again to be extremely inconsistent with how it goes. So to make well, like I want to make quickly, a I don't I don't I think you misunderstood because he wasn't talking about testing. He was basically just saying you want to play video no, games. I know, <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is is that and that's fine. If he wants to do that, that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is like 
you mentioned something about like it giving an idea of like guys should do that because it's, it's going to help them on the field being whatever. And I just, I just, whatever, I just don't see that. I think it's, I think it's one of those things where like none of those things can truly measure whether or not you're going to be able to see what's in process, what's going on in you on the field. It just, you got to do it. And I mean, it just happens. It happens so fast and you have to like have the experience in it and the game starts to slow down for people. And actually that's funny that I said that because, Polls actually mentioned in the press conference talking about Justin that the game started to slow down for him at the end of the season, he felt like, which to me is a big deal. So, uh, again, I mean, that's, you know, not exactly here nor there, but my point is, like I, like I said, I don't think that that's an accurate indicator of anything. If he wants to play video games on site, whatever, that's fine, but I'm not sure any fans would want to watch those guys playing video games, but who knows? Hey, there's a there's a really good comment on the on the screen right now, Jeff. I didn't mean to cut you off, but Leonidas makes a comment about uh, so obviously a lot of people are talking about Marvin Harrison and Roma Dunes. They are kind of the top two receiver choices people think the Bears should go with because they need a true X. And Leonidas mentions Marvin Harrison was terrible against Notre Dame, absolutely absent. He had three catches for 32 yards, no touchdowns against Notre Dame. That Let me just like, argue that real quick though. Well, I was I gonna also so go ahead. I was going to say, I, Tim and I both watched that game firsthand. And I can tell you firsthand, Leonidas, Marvin Harrison was open that game a lot. It was not all so much him not being very good. Notre Dame just totally shut down Ohio State's offense for most of that game. The pass rush was really good. In my opinion, Notre Dame totally outplayed him in that game and had no business losing. But they totally took their foot off the gas, too, in the fourth quarter, much like the Bears did, and ended up losing the game. They took their best player off the field in the fourth quarter in Audric Estime and didn't even give him the football. And it was and the a chance to, back in the draft and the game to, to run the clock out. They could have won the game and they took them out off the field. Makes no sense. So in my opinion, not that again, that's not here nor there, but in my opinion, I was just saying that Marvin Harrison, in my opinion, in that game, it was not so much on him why he didn't have success because he was open in that game. He played pretty well. It just, they Notre Dame shut them down for the most part. Well, now, I was also going to mention, I was also going to mention with that, Jeff, he was also going up against Benjamin Morrison, who, Will Very be good. the number one corner in the NFL draft next year. Most likely. He, is, he is really, really good. And he was only a sophomore this year, but he has literally shut down everybody that he's faced his true freshman season and his sophomore season. So I would assume and and I would be willing to bet that he's going to be the top corner in the draft next year. Um, but just to art just to bring that up with Marvin Harrison and Roma Dunze, yeah, I do think those two are the top two targets, if I had to guess, for wide receiver uh, with the Bears this year. And I, I think one of them certainly is going to be our pick in the first round, if I had to guess one of our picks. I don't know Because we that. definitely need a wide receiver. I don't know that either, but that's my guess, is one of those guys will be the pick, one of those picks. Um, I really like both of them. I will say that I think Marvin Harrison might be hurting his draft stock a little bit with the whole combine thing. Like, what is – I'm not really sure what – is going on there, why he's refusing to do any of the combine activities, not even interviews and whatnot. That's, I feel like that's going to, he might be, he might be, he but did. he's not doing any interviews. I know. Um, so, which is to me, the most important thing about this whole thing. Now agreed. guys, I understand where everybody's coming from with wanting these players to participate because that's the whole point of the combine. But I just, it, to at least for spectators, perspective but i mean in my opinion the teams what they care about is like the meetings and stuff and talking to these players so the fact that he was part of that is the most important thing now if he would have said i'm not talking to any teams during this thing either that's a red flag that's a big time red flag but he didn't do that he's meeting with these teams and talking with them formally 
in my opinion, a guy like MHJ. And the same thing with Caleb. To me, if doing these things really may only hurt them. They've done everything they can on the tape. The really the most important thing is talking to these teams so they can get a feel for that person and that football that football character, which is what they are doing there. They are meeting with the teams. So, and in my opinion, like in my opinion, MHJ is by far the best receiver in his draft. Neighbors is pretty damn good too, and he's right there with with the Dunze. In my opinion, those guys are all three very good, and I think they're all three going to go in the top very well top seven or eight picks. I don't think they'll be there at nine when the Bears pick. So, if they take Caleb. They're going to have to move up, in my opinion, if they want to take a, a receiver there. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're more likely to move down. So if the Bears want one of those guys, I feel like they're trading down from one, in my opinion. So I, I don't know that. I can't say that with fact. But I would say, in, in my personal opinion, if they want to get one of those guys, it's either a move down from one or a move up from nine. Because I don't think you can stay at nine and get one. So, But maybe they like one of these other receivers in the draft, too. As Tim mentioned, it's a very, very, very deep class. There's a lot of uh, a lot of good prospects in the second round too, several of them. And the one thing I would argue, Tim said that he thinks that Adunes and uh, MHJ may likely be the Bears' top two receiver targets. And I would say that that could be true simply because they do need an X, and Neighbors is more like a Z, like a DJ Moore type. But I don't know what the Bears want in their X receivers. But I can tell you, in the past, they've they've gotten tall guys. They went and got Chase Claypool. Didn't work out. They had EQ play X for him. He's a tall guy, but he's obviously not good enough. So I feel like they're going to want – they need a guy who's a little bigger. I feel like they want somebody like that. And I feel like MHJ and Adunze are both those guys. And I've seen – I did see one comment that got posted on here about um, somebody having a preference to Adunze because of his yak ability, his yards after the catch. The one argument I would make against that with, with in, in regards to Harrison is that the guy is just – he is such a phenomenal route runner – and his long speed is crazy. He reached over 20, I believe it was over 22 miles an hour at one point this year running down the field. So maybe he doesn't have a ton of yak ability, but if he's consistently getting open and, you know, either you're throwing him in stride to the point where he's open enough to where he can run with the football, whether he's breaking tackles or not, I think that's a possibility. And he is obviously a deep ball threat because he is such a good route runner. And he is very, very fast when he gets going. So... I think that there's a case to be made that, you know, the yak is not a separator, in my opinion, with these two guys because of the other exceptional ability that Harrison has in his game. And I don't think we can downgrade the pedigree factor, the fact that his dad has played in the NFL and knows what it takes and he's been raised that way. So I feel like that is a big part of his of his of his upbringing, his his personal, I guess, his character, how he's going to how he's going to act and how he's going to be himself in the league. I feel like it's going to have a lot to do with the way he was raised by his dad who played in the league and knows what it takes. So in my opinion, guys like that usually work out. And if you can get a guy like that, if the bears are sold on him more so than they are one of the quarterbacks, I wouldn't be upset with it. But again, guys, like I said, I mean, they very well could take a quarterback. They, it's possible. They are going to take a quarterback. It's, it's, it's almost even likely they're going to take one. So whether it's whether it's Caleb or whether it's later on, uh, as other people have mentioned, they could very well take one later too. So I don't know, guys. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but I do like uh, I, I like what you said um, about his interview. It was pretty good. The one thing that I would say about his interview, and I, I and this is just my personal opinion with with players, guys. 
I like when guys say when they talk about Super Bowls. I like when they talk about wanting to win, wanting to want their team to be the best and win Super Bowls. I don't necessarily like when they're talking about I want to be the best and be a Hall of Famer. That's all well and good and everything. I like it when players are the best and they're in the Hall of Fame. But I would rather my team win with that Hall of Famer and win a Super Bowl with that Hall of Famer. So I like guys who are committed to that and winning being the most important thing to them more so than like building their own legacy. Because I feel like when winning is attached to your name, your legacy is is better anyways. You have a much better legacy. So that's just my opinion on that part. I would I kind of wish he would have said that more so than he I does. I, you need to see the whole interview. Okay, you need we'll to watch that. the whole interview. He does talk okay. about winning in, in, in Washington and how special that was, uh, having a very successful season and winning the Pac-12 championship and things like that. You do need to watch the whole interview. Um, unless I may have him mixed. No, I may have been mixed up with Braylon Trice, but they both talked. About, I'm I'm pretty certain they both talked about winning in Washington and, and playing in the top. You, do, you need to go watch uh, the rest of his interview. But I do – I actually want to point something out real quick, Jeff, unless you got another point you want to make before I move on. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to mention Leonidas makes a point on here, and I think it's fair. He's he's at, he's basically saying um, everybody's criticizing for uh, – criticizing Caleb Williams but not doing it for Marvin Harrison. And I will tell you that I do have a little bit of concerns about Marvin Harrison and, and the way that um, – all of these things are going with the combine and things like that. And we haven't heard from him or it's, it is a little bit of a strange situation and I don't want to make excuses for him either, because if I am going to criticize Caleb Williams, I also have to do the same thing with Marvin Harrison. However, I do think that Marvin Harrison is a much more likely generational prospect than Caleb Williams is just from what I've seen from tape. But I also disagree with you where you say that Marvin Harris, the gap in Marvin Harrison and the other wide receivers is pretty large. I don't think it is. I think that Odunze and Marvin Harrison aren't that far apart. I, think it's far apart. I don't I think, think it's far that far apart. I think they are and neighbors as well. I think he's pretty, pretty high up there as well. And a lot of teams do feel like neighbors. neighbors a lot of teams do feel like Odunze in my are opinion, the better prospect. In my opinion, neighbors is neighbors is better in my opinion than Odunze. I don't feel like he's a better fit for the Bears simply because of, as I mentioned before, that they need an X and not so much as Z, like a DJ Moore type. But shit, if you put DJ Moore and Malik Neighbors together on that field, I am not going to complain one damn bit. But I would say that, yes, I do feel like there is a drop-off between Marvin Harrison and some of his other guys. I just feel like he is that damn good. And the one argument that I would make to Leonidas, he said that people are criticizing Caleb or they're not criticizing MHJ. And my question to you is, do you mean criticize as far as like his decisions for the combine? Because... I would argue that I don't have any kind of problem with Caleb's decisions at combine, as I just said many times today. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's done at, at the combine. He talked with with the teams as he should. If he wants to opt out of the medicals and all that stuff, I don't care because he's going to get medicals to the teams when he meets with them. The only thing I had an issue with, with with his meeting, as I said to you guys earlier, is I just don't feel like he seemed with his body language he was super enthusiastic about playing in Chicago. But that's just my opinion and my speculation. But going back to the to that point, if you, if you're arguing that like the criticism was not being shown to MHJ, that was towards Caleb, as far as the combine thing, I disagree because I don't care what Caleb did at the combine. I think it was fine. Same thing with MHJ. These guys can, they only have stuff to lose from this, in my opinion, because their tape is on the field. But again, the red flag to me would have been if they said, no, I'm not meeting and talking to these teams. I'm not having these, these meetings with these teams, you know, private meetings. That's a red flag, but they did have those meetings with those teams. They do have their tape. 
the resume on their tape. So I don't feel like they needed to do any of that combine stuff. Again, that's just, to me, the combine, the whole spectacle part of it is for the fans. They want to see all that stuff. And I understand being upset that MHJ didn't, you know, do his portion because we want to see him talk. We want to see him interview and see what he has to say. But I'm content with, same thing with Caleb. I'm content with them talking in, in private with the teams and their resume being their tape. I'm fine with that. The, the rest of the stuff at the combine, I didn't have a big issue with. Yeah, I I'm just I was just wanting to make the point that you know I don't agree with a lot of the things that Leonidas has said in the chat tonight, but I did I did want him to understand that I do he does make a valid point. Um, if we're going to criticize one, we also have to criticize another. And, and I do think it's fair, some of the things that people are asking about Marvin Harrison, and there's a lot of unknown there where at least we've heard Caleb Williams speak. We've heard nothing from Marvin Harrison Jr. But again, I do want to point out that I do think he's the much more likely generational prospect of the two, and it doesn't hurt that his dad is a Hall of Famer. But just to bring up another one, another player that I think the Bears could target later in the draft is uh, Jerry Rice's son, Brennan Rice. If they draft I, Caleb Williams, I would not be shocked one bit. I would not even. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted him because he's also he's a, he's, he's a big X. friend as well. He's six yeah. two. He's uh two, he's about two. I think he's one eighty one ninety actually. He's not he's not really really big, but he's uh he's a lot like he's built a lot like Jerry. Um, and I can tell you guys right now, Jerry. I'm gonna Bears fans may hate me for this, but Jerry Rice is my all time favorite NFL player all time. When I was growing up in the nineties. He was the best player in the NFL, and I loved watching Jerry Rice. And I can tell you guys right now that if Jerry Rice, or not Jerry Rice, if Brendan Rice is drafted by the Bears, that will be the first jersey that I buy. And then if Caleb Williams is there, I'll buy his too. But I can promise you I will buy a Brendan Rice jersey because I will be so stoked that he is with that he is a Bear. Um, but there was let's, a question let's get to real quick right. that Kevin had about who has the bigger bust potential yeah. between uh, – MHJ, Marvin Harrison, or Caleb. In my opinion, uh, I feel like the bigger bust potential is Caleb just because quarterbacks in general are always like, always have bust potential because it's the hardest position in sports to play. And that being said, I feel like MHJ is about as safe of a draft pick as you can get. I feel like if there's a such thing as a guy who you feel about as safe coming in and being a good player, at least a good player, at least good, if not great, it's, it's Marvin Harrison Jr., so, I mean, to me, I feel like the bust potential is Caleb. As far as a ceiling, Caleb has one of the highest ceilings you can have as far as a quarterback because of his arm talent. And he is a very, very athletic runner, too. So, uh, if he can put it all together and they, and they believe in the mindset and the, in the, in the, like I said, in all the, the personal aspect of him, man, there, I mean, there's a lot there to like, guys. So, I, I'm not trying to dog on Caleb, as I've mentioned to you guys before. I just do have concerns whether he is a fit in Chicago. That's my one my one concern at this point. And like I said, we're going to find out pretty quick what happens. So in the next couple of weeks here, what they decide to do. And really, if it drags out to the draft, I mean, that's really going to be a question mark to me. Like, what the hell are we doing here? What's going to happen? Because if they wait to the draft, that means maybe they're trying to drive up the price even more. You know, if they don't trade Justin, I mean, like if they don't trade Justin by the draft and they still have the number one pick, I, I'm, I don't know what they're doing at that point. I really don't. So my guess would be they're going to still draft a quarterback, but maybe not number one and let let Justin ride it out this year and bring in the backup, you know, next year or bring in the, the first rounder later or something. I don't know, maybe pull a Patrick Mahomes thing with, with a later on quarterback. I don't know, guys. It's going to get interesting to see here. So 
that's the one point I wanted to make about that. But Elaine, I just, I appreciate all your comments tonight. It's good to have good competitive argument back and forth. Debate. It was a good debate. I, I, I didn't, I hope it wasn't anything. I hope you didn't feel like we were being disrespectful or anything like that. I felt like you were being disrespectful from, or I'm sorry. I felt like you were being respectful from what I saw. So I felt like it was a good debate. Um, I, whether we all agree on stuff or not is a different story, but it is, it is definitely a spirited debate and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, guys. So uh, are there any more questions in here we need to get to? I do want to point out really quick while we're looking for that quick, if there is another question, uh, Laz made a good point that in the end, this is Ryan Pohl's decision. What's going to happen with number one. So, yeah. and that's a great point. And like I said, I, you know, we, we have our opinions on what we think is going to happen. Obviously the media has their opinions on what's going to happen, but agreed a hundred percent. I, you know, we, we, that's why we're not, I'm not pushing a narrative one way or the other, because I don't know what polls is going to do. I have a feeling I know what he's going to do, but I don't know that. So in the end, all we can do is just point out the facts that we see and give opinions based on what we're hearing. But until we know, which I believe is going to happen next week, I think there will be a decision next week, one way or the other. Until then, we don't know. So guys, um, it's been an awesome show. Great debate. Thank you guys for coming on with us. Um, sorry about the little technical difficulties we had early on with Jeff's uh, connection here. Viva um, Las Vegas, baby. On his Vegas Viva view Las here. Vegas. Thank you guys um, for the great debate and coming on here and, and giving us a little bit of something. To it's nice uh, having a little debate and not just agreeing all the time. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Very busy chat tonight. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll get convene again next week. After the combine is over, we should have hopefully some answers on the situation. Bear down, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, you know, Mitch, I think uh, we had some great years in Chicago, you know, especially that one specific year. I remember making the playoffs and then playing well. So, you know, I think a lot of people, these, you know, they analyze based off the helmet. You know, I think we're different players and, and different people. But at the same time, you know, big fan of Mitch. Yeah.